Well, if you would, go ahead and open up your Bibles and let's turn them to Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20. Of all the Ten Commandments, uh, there are certainly none more neglected, I think, than the fourth. Uh, Even among professing Christians, this commandment seems to be the most ignored. Uh, Sunday has become just another day in which people work, play, and carry out their lives as usual. Uh, For many, this is not a day of prayer. It's not a day of service, a day of worship, or a day of fellowship. Rather, Sunday has become a day of pursuing one's own pleasures with little or no thoughts of God. Sunday has become a shopping day. A fishing day, a golfing day, a catch-up-on-housework day. For many, it is not the Lord's day, unless they consider themselves their Lord. And so this is a neglected commandment. Uh, Many Christians are hardly even aware that they are neglecting to observe the Sabbath. Uh, It's almost as if we have forgotten about the fourth commandment, I heard someone say recently that Southern Baptists believe in all nine of the Ten Commandments, and that seems to be about right. Many believers have fought to have the Ten Commandments posted in classrooms and kept on courtroom walls while themselves living in disobedience to this commandment and not realizing their own hypocrisy. Uh, There are several blind spots for modern Christians, and this commandment is one of those. Uh, We want to honor God, and so we do not murder, and we do not commit adultery, and we do not lie. We concern ourselves with the other commandments, and yet it is at this commandment, the fourth, the one that calls us to devote a seventh day to God, that we often stumble and fall. We sometimes treat this commandment as less important than the others. And we forget that James 2 verse 10 says that whoever keeps the whole law but falls in one point has become accountable for all of it. The church of Jesus Christ would certainly be a much greater witness in our society if we would concern ourselves less with putting the Ten Commandments in city buildings and classroom walls and would concern ourselves more with living out the Ten Commandments. And that certainly includes the fourth. Uh, Yet the Sabbath is not only the most neglected of the commandments, it is also the most despised. The most despised. It's a despised commandment. In fact, for many, this commandment is dreadful. It's burdensome. It makes the heart heavy. Because in our culture, we feel like we don't have time to devote a day to God anymore. My child wants to play on a traveling baseball team. They play on Sundays. Do you want me to deny my child the opportunity to play? But my business has to be open on Sundays. 
If not, I lose a great deal of profit. I will fall behind my competitors. Do you want my business to fail? I work hard during the week. And my Saturdays are spent cutting grass and doing other needful things around the home. Sunday is the one day I need for myself. God, are you telling me I have to give that up too? These are the kind of responses that people often have to the fourth commandment. And you may not say them out loud, but perhaps there is something of this spirit of resistance to the fourth commandment that's present within you or within me. Surely this must be some antiquated commandment that is no longer enforced anymore. Uh, let, us, let us take the fourth commandment and just count it as part of the ceremonial law or as part of the civil law of the Jews so that we can say it's, it's no longer applicable to us. It won't work in our day. The Sabbath may have been good for people in the past, but it just doesn't fit our modern society. It's too burdensome, too much of a hindrance to our lives. Well, friends, I want us to be very clear about something this morning. I want us to be very upfront about this. The Sabbath is a gift to us. The Sabbath is a gift to us. Jesus taught very clearly that the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. This day was made for your benefit. It was designed by God for your good and your blessing and your happiness. When the Sabbath is viewed rightly, it is an expression of God's love for you. Yes, it is a commandment. It is one of the ten pillars of God's moral law. How you spend your Sunday is a moral issue for which we will all give an account on the last day. There is a duty here. Let's not be afraid of that word duty. There is an obligation here upon us to observe the Sabbath, but the Sabbath is no less a gift to us. Can, can you handle that? Can you see the Sabbath as both a duty and a gift? Think about your salvation. Your salvation was both a command and a gift. God commands all people everywhere to repent and be saved. Coming to Jesus Christ is a duty and an obligation put upon all men. God doesn't just invite everyone to salvation. He commands all people to come to His Son in faith. It's an obligation. And yet salvation is nonetheless a gracious gift. A merciful gift. An undeserved gift. A gift of unspeakable love and unspeakable joy. Isn't it interesting that faith is so wonderful and yet God finds it needful to command people to receive it. It shows how wicked we are that God has to command us to receive something that is wonderful. 
Our own wicked hearts are so prone to despise the very things which God in His love gives to us. And the Sabbath is like that. It is a wonderful gift for our good. Back in Genesis, before the fall, We have no commandment to observe the Sabbath because there was no need for a commandment. God blessed the Sabbath day. He made it holy. And Adam and Eve weren't foolish. This was a gift that they loved. This was a gift that they took advantage of. It was a day of blessing. In paradise, the Sabbath existed as a day of blessing. And like Adam and Eve, we ought not to despise the Sabbath. We ought to love it. It was made for us. Isaiah 58, 13 says, Call the Sabbath a delight. Do you do that? Do you wake up on Sunday mornings and say, This day is a day for delight, for joy. Look with me at Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11, and let's hear the word of God. Exodus 20, beginning in verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. And therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Well, let me acknowledge up front that there are many Christians including friends who I hold very dear, who are convinced that the fourth commandment no longer has any authority over our lives. Uh, Their conviction is that this commandment was fulfilled by Christ and that because it was fulfilled by Christ, the Sabbath is no more for us. They argue that Christians took up the custom following the apostles of worshiping on Sundays as a matter of convenience, as a way of honoring the resurrection of Jesus because it took place on a Sunday, but that our worshiping on Sundays is not the same thing as keeping the fourth commandment. That the fourth commandment was an old covenant commandment and now it can be safely set aside. The view of our church, however as stated in our confession of faith, is that the fourth commandment is just as much in effect today as it has ever been. We easily affirm that all of the other nine commandments are in effect today. And we say this one is as well. Uh, The commandment doesn't state which day is to be set aside for God only that we are to work six days and then rest on a seventh. In the Old Covenant, Jews celebrated the Sabbath on the last day of the week. In the New Covenant, we celebrate the Sabbath on the first day of the week. But our confession calls Sunday the Lord's Day and the Christian 
Sabbath. And so we believe this is an abiding commandment. An abiding commandment. Our church stands with the view of the Puritans. Almost all of the Christians who first settled in America. But our view is an increasingly minority position. And so why do we hold the view that we hold? Well, I tried to spend some time on that in our introduction to the Ten Commandments, so I can't go through all of that again. Uh, You'll have to go back and, and listen to those messages. So I'll just hit a few main points here. First, we point out that the Ten Commandments are not just a list of commands given to ancient Israel, but are a summary of the moral law of God That he has written into the consciences of all men. In other words, the Ten Commandments are bigger than the Old Covenant. All ten of these commandments existed before Israel came to Mount Sinai. Indeed, these commandments existed before they were even Jews, before the days of Abraham. The Ten Commandments were given to Israel... But they are a description of the moral law of God that He has given to all people of all times, written into the consciences of all men. Second, we would point out that Jesus spent a great deal of time and energy teaching about the proper way to keep the Sabbath during His ministry, which is really strange if the Sabbath was about to pass away. In fact, during his three years of ministry, the primary activity of Jesus was training his disciples, preparing them to be apostles. So if the Sabbath was about to disappear, if the apostles were not to keep the Sabbath, why did Jesus spend so much time and so much energy, so much of his teaching on the subject of how to properly keep the Sabbath? Why do the Gospels give us so much of this teaching? Especially the Gospel of John. John says in his Gospel that Jesus did so much and said so much that he could never write it all. John basically tells us, I had to pick and choose what I thought were the biggest things to include in my Gospel. And yet John gives us a lot of teaching of Jesus on the issue of the Sabbath. Why? Well, the assumption is that Christ's people were going to need that information because we're going to continue to keep the Sabbath. And then a third argument we would make is that we still need Sabbaths. (laughs) We still need Sabbaths. Remember, this day is a gift to us for our good. It would be strange if in the old covenant, God gave his people this gift. And then in the new covenant, the higher covenant, the better covenant, God said, now I'm taking it away. No. Hebrews 3 and 4 teaches us that we are a pilgrim people. We are a wilderness people. We are still on our way home. We are still on our way to the promised land. We have not yet entered the final rest of heaven. And we know that, don't we? (laughs) We feel that. We are not in heaven yet. But until that day comes, the weekly Sabbath is a foretaste of heavenly rest. It is a sign that we are God's It is a sign that paradise is ahead for us. 
every Sunday is to be a little taste of heaven to keep us on our way to the promised land. Remember the great hymn by Philip Doddridge that we sing from from time to time? Your earthly Sabbaths, Lord, we love, but there's a nobler rest above. To that our laboring souls aspire with ardent hope and strong desire. In your blessed kingdom we shall be from every mortal trouble free. No sighs shall mingle with the songs resounding from immortal tongues. This is what the Lord's Day is for us. it's, It's an earthly Sabbath pointing to the ultimate Sabbath. We talked about how the Israelites in the wilderness, even before Exodus 20, were told to keep the Sabbath, to have this day of rest. Why? It was an encouragement for them, a rest for them on their journey to the promised land. And so it should be for us. Well, let's jump into this commandment. So question one, what is God setting apart for honor in this commandment? Uh, We've seen that God is setting something apart for honor in each of the Ten Commandments. In the first, it is God Himself. He is to be honored above all. In the second commandment, it is worship. In the third commandment, it's His name. And in the fourth commandment, it is God's day. His day. The Sabbath day is to be set apart in the hearts and the minds of God's people as a day to be honored, a day to be kept, a day to be distinguished from the other six. Why? Verse 11 tells us, doesn't it? Verse 11 says, For, because, for this reason, in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day, And therefore the Lord blessed the seventh day and made it holy. So God points us back to His resting at creation as the basis of this commandment. We do not first see Sabbath in the Bible in Exodus 20. We first see Sabbath in the Bible in Genesis 2. Genesis 2 verses 1 through 3. The Sabbath was not instituted at Mount Sinai. The Sabbath was instituted at creation. And it was not established for Jews only. It was established for all men before there even were men called Jews. This is why the fourth commandment begins with the word, remember. (laughs) Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Israel was to remember this day. They were to remember how their God rested. They were to remember how in the creation week, He set the pattern for our lives. The Sabbath may have been largely neglected by God's people while they were in Egypt. But God tells them and He tells us now, remember. We won't go back and look at it, but hopefully you remember that God gave mankind a central purpose at creation. Uh, and he commanded us in Genesis 1.26, Genesis 1.28. He spoke to Adam as representative of all humanity. And he said, exercise dominion over all the earth. 
Man was created to be stewards of God's creation. And remember, at the very beginning, God created the earth without form and void, and the Spirit was hovering over the waters, and then God took this formless, watery creation, and He formed it into land and sky and plants and animals. And then creating man, He gave us the command to continue His work. We are to take the world that God created and continue making great things from it. In the opening chapters of Genesis, we see men becoming shepherds and metallurgists and musicians, and we see men learning what it is to exercise dominion over this world all the way till our very day. Mankind is still learning what it is to take the world God has given us and to bring new technologies and new inventions and all kind of artistic uh, creations out of this world. At the end of Genesis 1, the beginning of Genesis 2, God gave man three ordinances to help us as we seek to bring order and form and exercise dominion in God's creation. First, he called man to work. You can't have dominion without work. Man was to tend the garden. Man was to work the garden. Man was to bring good from the garden. Second, God called man to rest. He called man to rest, blessing one day in seven for this purpose. And then third, God commanded men to multiply. This is what we see there in Genesis 1, first verses of Genesis 2. Work, Adam. Rest, Adam. Multiply, Adam. But God did not stop there. With each of these three ordinances, God gave three institutions. Uh, For our work, God instituted the work week. Uh, He himself made the world in six days and gave us this pattern to follow. Then for our rest, he gave us the Sabbath. On the seventh day, he rested, and he did this so that we would imitate him. You do know God didn't need to rest. He wasn't tired. He wasn't weary. Right? Creating the world was nothing to him. Why did God do it in six days? Why did he rest on the seventh? It wasn't for his benefit. It was to set the pattern for man of what our life in this world as his image bearers was to look like. And then finally, so that humanity might multiply well and in good order, God instituted marriage. So the creation ordinances are work, rest, and procreation. And the creation institutions are the work week, the Sabbath, and marriage. Now note that we are reminded in this commandment that God blessed the seventh day. God's blessing is His gift of fruitfulness. And so God has made the seventh day a day of fruitfulness, a day in which if we properly observe the seventh, the Sabbath day, we will receive bounty from God. We will be fruitful in our lives. Observing the Sabbath day can be good for our bodies, which may need a rest from physical labors that we're involved in on the other six days. Observing the Sabbath day is certainly good for our souls. 
Our regular labors distract us. On this day, we can better focus on spending time with God, being refreshed by God. God has promised to bless this day when we keep it well. The commandment also says that God made the seventh day holy. This means that he set this day apart. It is distinct. It is different than the other six days. When something is made holy, it is set apart for service to God. So whether it's the temple or the the holy objects within the temple or the, the Old Testament or the Holy Bible, Holy Communion, the point of the word holy is to say that something has been set apart and should be treated with reverence and respect. By the way, we ourselves as Christians have been made holy. That is, God has set us apart. He treats us differently than even the rest of the world, and He calls us to treat our brothers and sisters as a special people, a set-apart people. Well, the Sabbath day is a holy day, a set-apart day, which is to be treated with reverence and given the dignity it deserves. Now, we, we mentioned a few moments ago that when God instituted the Sabbath, He also at the same time instituted the six-day work week because one implies the other. If He says the seventh day is to be your day of rest, well, then that means the other six days are to be days of work. The other six days are lumped together. And we see this in our fourth commandment, don't we? Verses 9 and 10. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. So this command isn't just telling us to rest on the seventh day. It's also telling us to work the other six. Uh, This doesn't necessarily mean that your work Monday through Saturday should all look the same. Uh, It doesn't mean that you have to work at your job Monday through Saturday. But rather it does mean that you should use the other six days of your week to be productive. To accomplish the things which are needful to exercise dominion in this world, to fulfill the various callings God has given you with joy, working heartily as unto the Lord. You are to to give your all the other six days of the week so that on the seventh day you can devote yourself to being refreshed and communing with God. It has become commonplace in our society for many to use Saturday as a day of play. That's not a bad thing if your work is done. But it is a bad thing when students have to stay home from church on Sunday evenings to finish their schoolwork because they spent Saturday playing. It's bad when we find ourselves having to stay home on Sunday from worship because we've got to get things caught up because we spent Saturday playing. God says six days you shall work and do all your work, but the seventh is a Sabbath, is a Sabbath to the Lord. It's a bad thing when in, adults end up wasting much of their Sundays getting ready for the upcoming week or catching up on work from the last week because they spent Saturday playing. This is to rob God of His day. Uh, this is to rob ourselves of the fellowship with believers that God has called us to have. Uh, Some folks don't have time on Sunday afternoon to visit others or to read good Christian books or to spend quality time with their family or just to rest their bodies because they wasted their Saturday. All that to say that the good use of Sunday begins with not wasting or misusing 
your Saturday. God has called us to glorify Him through work. He has given us six days in which to work. If your work requires more than six days, you have too much on your plate. Because God said, get all your work done in six days. The seventh day is to be set aside, made holy, received from God as a gift to you for your spiritual benefit. Uh, Frankly, many Christians of old were very thankful for the Lord's Day because they worked so hard the other six days of the week. Uh, We are kind of spoiled in our generation here in America. we, We don't know, like past generations knew, what it was to work six days a week, sun up, sun down, by the sweat of their brow for their bread. In those days, those who continue to work on Sunday uh, were seen as basically showing that they didn't trust God for their ultimate welfare or that they were motivated by greed. Mount Hermon, I want you to see that the fourth commandment is a positive commandment. It's not another thou shalt not. Did you notice that? So many of the Ten Commandments are don't do this, don't do that, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. But the fourth commandment tells us actively to do something. Namely, remember, keep the day. It's positive in the sense that God has blessed the day that we are called to keep and God is calling us to do something that is good for us. All right, wait a minute, Justin. You're saying that this is a positive commandment. What about all those restrictions? I mean, in later verses, God is going to to have so many commandments restricting what Israel can do on the Sabbath. When you read through the rest of Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy, there's this commandment and that commandment. You can't do this on the Sabbath and you can't do that on the Sabbath. It doesn't sound like the law of liberty, as James talked about it. Or friend, you have to remember that the vast majority of Old Covenant Israel did not trust God and did not love God. Their hearts were hard and they were prone to disobedience. And just as a parent with a young, disobedient child will give very specific and restricting commandments, so God did with Israel. But in the New Covenant, those restrictions are gone Because it is assumed that Christians will want to enjoy God's day of blessing. God's new covenant people have been made new. We have new hearts. We love God. The assumption is that we will want to spend time communing with God, worshiping God, serving His people. And so, so many of the restrictions of the old covenant are removed in the new. Perhaps the most important words of the fourth commandment are the words found in verse 10. To the Lord your God. The Sabbath day is a Sabbath too. Centered around, oriented around, aimed at God Himself. This is what makes this day different from every other day in our week. It is to be a more directly God-centered day. I think this is really helpful because Christians rightly have so many questions how do i properly keep the lord's day what 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 is right for me to do and and what is wrong for me to do on this day and honestly we're given very little instruction in the new covenant god gives us great freedom here 
But this seems to be the central idea. On Sunday, we are to put our normal daily labors aside and seek to make this a more directly God-centered, God-oriented day. It is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. It ought to be a day full of God. So let me close this morning with some purposes of the Sabbath. Tonight we will get very practical and I'll try and answer some of your questions and I'm sure Wednesday night uh, we'll have lots of questions to talk through together. Some purposes of the Sabbath. First, the Sabbath was given to us as a day for us to express our love for God. As a day for us to express our love for God. We live in an extremely busy society. Many of us have a variety of different people and needs and concerns and they're all vying for a a portion of our time. And yet, it is a sound rule that we will make time for those things we truly love. Many a marriage has fallen apart because the husband did not make time to spend with his wife. Many children have grown up emotionally bruised and warped because their parents did not make time to be with them. It is an expression of love to give someone your time. The Ten Commandments are made up of two sections, two tables of the law. And the first four commandments, the first table, are all about how we love God. We love Him by putting Him above everything else in our lives. First commandment. We love Him by knowing Him and worshiping Him rightly through word and not images. We love Him by being careful about how we speak of Him. Paying attention to His reputation, His glory, His name. And we love God by giving Him our time. By setting apart one day in seven to be full of Him. Observing the Sabbath is all about love. It's all about us saying to God, you really are first place in my life. And I will do all I need to do the rest of the week to be sure that I get to spend that time worshiping you and loving your people and serving your causes on that day. Understanding that the Sabbath day is a day of love for God is essential for helping you know how to keep it. If it is a day set aside to show love to God, then certainly we should spend that day doing things that express love to God. So gathering here, singing to God, praying to God, exalting God, even paying attention to the sermon as as a means of honoring God's word, these bring joy to God's heart. And moreover, we worship God by serving those created in His image. We love God by caring for our brothers and sisters. And so a well-spent Sabbath is a day spent expressing our love for God by expressing our love for one another. Um, This is why we have corporate worship on Sunday and not individual worship on Sunday. We gather not just to pray to God and sing to God, but to love each other as we pray to God together to sing the most important truths into each other's ears, to point one another to Christ in the way we worship. It's an act of love to Him as we love one another. And our Sunday afternoons can be used to love God by loving others well. 
Sunday afternoons is a great time to to welcome others into your home or to fellowship with them, to visit others, to write cards, to to make those phone calls that you know you you need to make and you just haven't had time for, to check in on so-and-so, to encourage so-and-so. Sunday afternoons can be spent in quality time with your family, expressing your love for them, serving them. God did not call us to just make a couple of hours on Sunday holy. He called us to set apart the day. The day. Well, a second purpose of the Sabbath, besides expressing love for God, is to receive His blessing. To receive His blessing. He blessed the day we are to receive His blessing. Now, there are those who would like to turn the Sabbath into a day of do's and don'ts. There are those who want to to cause the Sabbath to be so burdened with rules of what you should do or not do that it becomes a loathsome day. We must keep this principle central. It is a gift to be enjoyed as a day of blessing. We should observe the Sabbath properly, but we should do so because our God who loves us and knows us has called us to do so. And He loves us. And his love has led him to bless us. And one of the ways he blesses us is through Sabbath keeping. For those who do not find real enjoyment in the presence of God, Sabbath keeping will be a burden. If your heart doesn't love God, then a day full of God sounds terrible. But for those who have come to love Christ... For those who have come to know God through Jesus Christ. For those who have received His mercy. For those who have believed on Him. For those who love God's people and His purposes. A day full of God is is a wonderful day. A day of refreshment. You get to finally put aside other things and think about missionaries. And think about how can I pray for my city. And think about what can I do to serve this family in my church. It's a day to do good things that you want to do that the other callings God has placed on your life often make it hard for you to do. We set aside this day to express our love to God. And as we do so, God blesses us. God is glorified and we are blessed and made happy. Okay, so you may have questions. Why do we keep the fourth commandment now on Sunday instead of Saturday. And then all the do's and don'ts that people have. Is it okay to go out to eat on a Sunday? Is it okay to watch an NFL football game on a Sunday? These are the kinds of questions people have. Tonight we will try and get practical. We'll look to address some of those things on on Wednesday night. But for now, let me just remind you that Hebrews 4 teaches us that the Sabbath day is a reminder of the heaven that is ahead for us. And there is no heaven. There is no final, eternal rest for your soul until you have come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. It is in Christ and Christ alone that ultimate true rest can be found. And so even as we seek to honor this day, let us be sure that we are entrusting ourselves to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Let's pray.